Well, and it had to. I mean, how can you have someone like Ray Park? You can't just have whoosh, whoosh, right. whoosh. No! <laughs> Let's not make this the intro to this episode. Church <laughs> in space. Welcome, everybody, to Church in Space. In 3D! And it's like muscle memory at this point. Is like I was watching, or yeah, watching the older yeah, podcasts, yeah. <laughs> but like the speed of in 3D, it jumps when we have the Avatar episode, it's right on point, and yeah. the other ones are just like in 3D, right? Right, we got to get this on. So, I'm Dave, I'm Dan, I'm Drew. Welcome, everybody. This is uh, Church in Space, the podcast for RELC on all things science fiction and faith related. So, today we're talking about luck. And we're luck be a lady tonight. No, we are not going to do a full musical rendition of Guys and Dolls uh, on this. I know. I'm sorry. So we're doing luck, luck in sci-fi. And Drew, you brought this topic. And at first, I'll be honest, I was kind of like, luck, how's that? related you know but then i thought about it and i thought about the whole halo franchise right Mm -hmm. and and the whole halo franchise which does have a new show coming out on paramount evidently Mm -hmm. um, and he's gonna be revealed they're gonna take his helmet off and i'm not happy about that yeah it kind of defeats the whole purpose doesn't Mm -hmm. it though yes i mean it's just like the mandalorians like you don't take off their helmet right except it made sense when they finally did in that scene oh in mando yeah Yeah. mandalorian well, because that's the whole purpose. That's why he doesn't speak much, right? Is he's supposed to be you. So, like, he mm-hmm. speaks as little as possible to allow you to put yourself in his character. Yeah. I mean, I have this whole thing on video game movies and TV shows in general in that minus a very few exceptions. I, I think they don't work precisely because the video games are basically movies at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they've got movie-level production values, movie-level writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Except like, they're much longer. Except they're much longer, yeah. and I have control over the care. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I hear people talk about, like, a Mass Effect movie, you know, and I'm like, why? Like, I'll just play the video. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm <laughs> in I'm, the movie. Right. Yeah. Like, then I can choose. Skyrim movie would be cool. Not, like, Dragon Ball, not that storyline, but, like, somewhere yeah. in... Yeah. In Skyrim, some yeah. movie. But it has to start in the exact same way, where you're waking up on the cart. Yes. You're waking up on the cart, and then just in the middle of the episode, the Dragonborn just walks by. Yeah. It's like, there he is. Every now and then it works in reverse. A lot of times they'll do some kind of computer or video game for a movie as part of the promotions. Yeah. But Tron, Tron, it worked well. Tron the movie then spun off into Tron the video uh, game, right. arcade game. And that was actually pretty cool. That worked. Yeah. Well, and there have been good like video games based off movies, like GoldenEye, right? Mm-hmm. It was like the high mm-hmm. point of you know my childhood. Yeah. And what am I saying with that? Because two of the most massively popular multiplayer online games mm-hmm. have been on the Star Wars franchise and the Star Trek franchise. Right. It can go in reverse, but like I don't think the game to film actually translates all that well. Yeah, I have two words to prove your point. Uh-huh. Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. There's a trauma coming back to you. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> the what, disdain who's... on your face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, why we need video, because yeah. Drew's yes. facial expressions yeah. say everything. Uh, but we're forgetting the best video game franchise of all time. Uh-huh. Lego. <laughs> <laughs> 
why did we go straight bypass Lego games and go to Mario I, I Brothers? I'm really honest. I have never played a single Lego game in my life. That is disheartening. I know. Yeah, they're sorry. Fun. They um, are just hours of fun. Yeah. It's also really fun to beat up Jar Binks in Lego form <laughs> because then he like respawns almost instantly, just hacking at him as Obi-Wan. <laughs> Take it out. I need aggression. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of hearing some little id struggles in yeah. uh, Drew's right. psychology going right. on right now. Yeah. We'll, we'll diagnose those later. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. getting back onto topic. Getting back to luck. <laughs> no, I want to keep Drew on the couch here. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> Next episode, Drew on the couch. <laughs> so luck, right? This is like why Cortana chooses Master Chief in the Halo series, right? Because mm-hmm. he's the luckiest. Mm-hmm. And like, I always wanted to figure out how she like quantify Like, how does a computer program quantify luck? <laughs> you know, like that's always been like my question. I mean, look at a uh, Domino from Marvel. Her superpower is luck, right? And there's this whole scene in Deadpool too, where it's like luck is not a superpower, <laughs> but it really is. Yeah. <laughs> when henchmen are pointing their gun at you uh, and miraculously it oh, jams yeah. up and it doesn't fire, everything is exploding behind you instead of in front of you. Right. I mean, it can very much be a superpower. It can. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The assassin in the Dirk Gently BBC America series, same thing. Luck will not let her be hurt. She can kill all the other people she wants. Mm-hmm. But she can't be hurt. She can't be hurt. You know, interesting. By pure random chance, uh-huh. bullet just strays a little bit off, bounces off another thing, and shoots the shooter. So she's totally unharmed. So this gets back to like my like central question. Mm-hmm. So my Calvinist in me is coming out. <laughs> we had a story where our first cat growing up was named Lucky. We come out of a Calvinist background, which really frowns on luck as a concept. <laughs> and our, our friends were good Calvinists, and they came over and they said, what's the cat's name? Lucky. And they seriously, without a beat, went, why'd you name it Luck? It should have been named Providence. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, though, where like somebody's inactive will of an agent is preventing you from dying, yeah. is that really luck anymore? It's not happenstance anymore. It all depends on how you define all that. I mean, we can get into some really, really subtle intricacies (laughs) in quantum mechanics, in cosmology. There's a whole school in physics now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the math is bearing out and the observational evidence that everything's pre-programmed. Right. All your actions, even what you're going to say, the sum total of what's happened in the universe up till now (laughs) leads inevitably to you doing exactly what you're doing now, to me doing what I'm doing now, to Drew looking at me, chomping on his gum, speculatively thinking, that dude is absolutely crazy. I hope we're not like that when I get hold of the ball. No, I'm in complete agreement. Oh, good. I'm thinking, why am I so crazy that I'm in complete agreement? This is why this group works so well yeah. together. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, some physicists are even saying this is really a massive hologram or some program that's being run. Yeah. So what would then the difference between predestiny, providence, and luck be? Even Einstein at one point said, if you really look at mm-hmm. how he expresses time mathematically, every moment of the universe already exists. Yeah. Past, present, and future are all one. They're all, as Doctor Who would say. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. And if that's the case... If past, present, and future all exist simultaneously, right. there is no luck because it's all pre-programmed into us. Right. That is the essential question. I guess as I think about it, like the distinction between like luck and destiny is 
Destiny has a larger goal in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, first, luck is more random. Luck is always a fickle goddess, right? Yeah. In mythology, like not faithful yeah. <laughs> in well, any way, shape, or form. And look at right. like half of the Twilight Zone episodes that deal with a gambler who suddenly has a lucky streak. They right. all end poorly. Right. They <laughs> yeah. all end poorly, right? Because like luck's a fickle god. Look at professional athletes. Like yeah. if you just have one fluky goal, right. like it goes off the back of the goalie into the net. Uh-huh. And then miraculously that one player goes on like a 10 game goal streak oh, yeah. or something yeah. like that. Right. Luck definitely happens. It's just whose point of view are you viewing or it Or does from? it? Did God will that goal? Yeah. Yes, God willed <laughs> the Blue Jackets to stink for a while. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor. <laughs> Condemned for all time. I'm oh, no, Cubs that's the fan. Cubs. Yeah. That was the Cubs. I have this theory. Mm-hmm. My yes. theory is that the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016 threw off the very fabric of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Space that, time was broken. Undoing the curse <laughs> actually disrupted the very being of the universe. Because ever since then, everything's been crazy, right? Pandemic, you know, it's mm-hmm. all because the Cubs won the World Series. Theo Epstein officially disrupted the very fabric of creation. Uh, (laughs) Disrupted the entire timeline, spun us off into a bunch of multiverses. Right. We were actually on Earth like 1.1 or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What was it? 2000, was it 18 when the Blue Jackets swept the best hockey team ever? Right. It's all since the Cubs won the World Series. You know, it has disrupted the very fabric of space-time and I would accept that as a consequence. (laughs) (laughs) It was worth it. It was worth it. I unapologetically accept it. It's like, yep, that's fine. They won the World Series. The world will be destroyed in a nuclear, volcanic, earthquake, monsoon, <laughs> ultimate calamity. Right. But it's okay because the Cubs won. Cubs won the World Series. So you're man. saying <laughs> that because the Cubs won, there's climate change. I'm saying everything. Everything that's gone wrong since okay. 2016 has resulted from the Cubs winning the World Series, which, again, I fully accept as a consequence, and I'm fine with. <laughs> the new Star Wars trilogy. Uh-huh. Every, everything. Had the Cubs not won the World Series, that writer, he would have been so depressed, he would have quit writing. He wouldn't have written the new Star Wars trilogy. Like. Time machine drew is almost operational. I, I suspect I know what the first trip is going to be. <laughs> gotta, well, you've no. got to prevent the I rain mean, delay in Game Seven. <laughs> That's yes. what it is. It's either that or <laughs> Game Seven rain delay is what wins the. It's that rain delay, man. It's that rain or, delay threw off all the creation. What's the guy that caught the ball at the Cubs game? Bartman. In, yeah. Bartman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go back in time and prevent that from happening so maybe they went earlier in time to see if that throws everything if that, if that or if bartman catches oh i like that theory bartman yeah. right bartman catching the ball disrupted all of space time it wouldn't be hard all you have to do is you know give him a diuretic or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta feel i actually feel sorry for that guy it wasn't yeah. his fault everybody was reaching out to catch that ball oh yeah <laughs> It's not his fault. It's not. Plus, everybody forgets yeah. there was a whole other game after that. Like, they could have... Yeah. That was not the last game of the series. <laughs> That's the part that everybody always conveniently forgets about. I'm like, you know, there was a whole other game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so, Dan, mm-hmm. is the time machine like a TARDIS? So it's a space and time machine? Or is it just a time machine that goes in one place? Right now, that just goes in one place. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a propulsion system yet. I figure, work out the time mechanics first, and then I can figure out propulsion. Got it. Yeah. Well, if you can freeze time, you'd have infinite time to figure out the propulsion. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You got to have your priorities. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's my theory. But luck, which I think had something to do with it, because that rain delay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How many Chicago fans were doing rain dances? Yeah. <laughs> 
There's a whole nother theory. It was a pagan god that allowed us to win. <laughs> I've just satisfied myself that God willed us to win. He sent rain. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, so, right, so luck. I mean, it's this interesting thing in science fiction, right, where people get lucky and in the story and, and where they don't yeah. and who is lucky. Almost every single Star Wars movie is just so lucky. Oh, the droids happen to land on Tatooine where Obi-Wan Kenobi is. And Luke Skywalker <laughs> just happened yeah. to be. What's the name of the ship that Leia was on? The Tantan Four. Yeah. It just happened to be passing by Tatooine, which, if I remember right, isn't the Outer Rim and Alderaan's in the Mid Rim. They're so. not at, they're at Scarif, though. Remember, that's the Rogue One. Her ship is the one that, the only ship that escapes. Yeah. Scarif. Yeah. So yeah. Wherever Scarif is, I don't know where Scarif okay. is, but it's probably Outer Rim given the research they were doing. Yeah. Right. But yeah, Tatooine's some yeah. backwater. Just like Earth, relative to our galaxy, Earth's off in some backwater dump. Right. It's called Earth for a reason. (laughs) I don't know what it was, but it's like, why do you call your planet dirt? (laughs) Because it is. Right. It's a big ball of it. Right. That's all it really is. It's a big ball of wet dirt. (laughs) I.e. mud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's actually in like Hebrew what Adam means. It means Earth or dirt. So like we're actually like literally in Hebrew we're the earthlings. (laughs) I like it. I like like it. it. Yeah. So, so yeah, luck. So what do you think, Dan? Luck. Oh, luck in science fiction in science fiction it does appear everywhere we yeah. referenced twilight zone already right and it's always with the moral lesson in sci-fi luck always ends up disappearing as a result of greed yeah mm. yeah the luck stays with the person as long as they're good pure whatever right but when they get greedy that's when the luck right. suddenly disappears which again brings to mind is it really luck or is it providence yeah. <laughs> it's the force <laughs> The force is luck. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about it like greed. Oh, Luke in episode five got greedy and thought he could go save his friends. His hand gets chopped off. Yeah. The Emperor got greedy with the second Death Star and then it got blown up. Yeah. Many Bothans died for it. <laughs> they weren't so lucky, but. No, they were not. From a straight science standpoint, mm-hmm. they have obviously studied luck. And what they found is that everybody has that same amount of what we commonly call luck. Mm -hmm. The difference is the people we consider lucky tend to be more optimistic. So the exact same event can happen to two people. One will say, ah, curse my luck. Mm -hmm. You know, and they see it as a bad thing that happened to them. Mm -hmm. But the optimist looks at it and says, holy cow, that opens up this whole new opportunity. Right. And because they see it as opportunity, they step forward. And again, right, what is luck and what is created? Right. Because they step forward into that opportunity. And by doing that, they have created the Mm -hmm. circumstance that leads them to whatever success the pessimist says they're just lucky about. Yeah. But it was their decision and their action to take advantage of the event. So just perception of events is is what luck is? Yeah. Perception and narrative. I think narrative plays a... Because like, it's the different narratives we construct around yeah. the mm-hmm. event, you know, that, that allow it to become luck or not. Not just the fact that the Cubs were a good team, but because there only was the rain delay, they broke space-time. Right. Well, yeah. it is, though, right? I mean, it's the... It's the narrative of that, to use that analogy, right? It's the narrative of that playoff series, right? Mm-hmm. That here's the team who's won like 108 games. Everybody's expecting them to win. They're supposed to win the World Series this year because this seems like the best team. That's the best shot they've had in decades. Mm-hmm. And every Cubs fan's been dying for it for, you know, Cubs fans have lived and died mm-hmm. and literally never seen any hope of it. <laughs> But then they play the Indians, and the Indians are suddenly up three games to one. 
But then the Cubs win another game. So it's 2-3. Then they win another game. So it's 3-3. Then you got that one game. And in that game, Cubs are up. But the Indians are coming back. You know, they've already hit a home run. One of their best hitters about to come on. And then there's a half-hour rain delay. <laughs> you know, not that the game's even canceled. Just mm-hmm. half hour. That's all it is. It breaks their flow. <laughs> right. It breaks yeah. their flow. It allows Jason Hayward to give what the players all say is he gave this huge moving speech in the locker room. He says, we're going to basically effing do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get out there. And they go out. Mm-hmm. They win it after that. Yeah. But, like, it's the narrative that makes the rain delay the thing. Yeah. Look at the luck business. Mm-hmm. Casinos. Mm-hmm. Legal gambling. Mm-hmm. Casinos could not exist if there was something called luck versus probabilities, statistics, odds. Yeah. Right. Every game, well, they've calculated what the odds are, mm-hmm. and they know that over the long run, even if here and there you have one person that hits a big jackpot or big poker pot or whatever, mm-hmm. over the long run, the casino has the edge. Right. They always have the edge. And that doesn't change, or casinos would not exist. They also exist because of greed. Yeah. <laughs> There's just exploitation of greed. Just greed. Oh, it's absolutely yeah. Yeah. exploitation of greed. When yeah. I was in Atlantic City, I always used to have lunch on the beach. Mm-hmm. That's where Renee got her chemistry degree, and I was working on my physics at a university that was really close to Atlantic City. So I worked in Atlantic City. I was imagining Renee getting her degree at a, at a casino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would see people that you could tell they really had a hard run the night mm-hmm. before in the casino. One day there was a guy sleeping under the boardwalk in a Gucci suit, but barefoot. You could see from the tan lines that he had had, had rings. Mm-hmm. There he was asleep under the yeah. the boardwalk. And yeah, it had turned out he couldn't stop gambling the night before. He kept losing and losing and losing. And he hawked everything except the suit he was wearing. And the next day, that's that's where he was. He had to sleep under the boardwalk. Yep. You know, we always look, when we talk about luck in mm-hmm. sci-fi and mm-hmm. fantasy and all that, it's always positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luck helps our hero. But having lived in Atlantic City... I saw the other side of that a lot. I saw where where the odds do come true because it all balances. Mm -hmm. For every one winner, there have to be two losers. If you read like some of the church fathers or something, you know, they talk about it as like a demon, fortuna or luck. It's like a, Mm. you know, a demonic force Mm -hmm. because it does things like that. Yeah. You know, and it's an interesting kind of play on that, you know, because like there are lots of things, you know, this is the monkey paws effect, right? Like Mm -hmm. you wish for the thing and you get it and then... Like it turns. Oh, it's gosh, not what yeah. you wish for. Right. Yeah. That was one night gallery episode. The monkey. Still, yeah. Oh, it's oh, one it still scary, freaks me out. It is out. a scary story. It's a truly terrifying story. Yeah. Do you know the monkey paw story? Yeah, but I'm also thinking of the Rick and Morty episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just did a rewatch of Rick and Morty. I think I'm in season four, yeah. where you know the devil opens up this store yeah. in in one small town that Rick happens to be in, yeah. and have, you know monkey paws in there. Like there's time traveling. <laughs> boxing mitts yeah. like a bunch of weird stuff that yeah. doesn't really work <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then rick uses science to get rid of all the side effects yep oh rick anyway so in sci-fi per se we've always got that bias and of course why because we want our hero to win it's mm-hmm. you know we're not going to buy any more books in the series if our heroes are always losing yes i mean there is morty yeah, there are exceptions to every rule. Yeah. <laughs> Rick and Morty is the exception to many rules. Yeah. <laughs> of good taste and not of good taste. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, even this past season of Discovery, mm-hmm. you know, there was a critical point where they had to obtain a certain element mm-hmm. and they ended up going to a casino to gamble for it. 
everything turned out the way it needed to for the plot to advance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like my wife and I are on a supernatural rewatch. There's the one episode about how they have the thing that gives you luck, but Uh as soon as you lose it, you die, you know, because it turns you unlucky without having it. So it's like you've built up this unluck deficit. Yeah. And like suddenly like it's another variation on that. Like luck's good until it's, not yeah the balance right it's exactly it's got to be a balance which again gets us back into then is providence is it predestination Mm -hmm. is the universe pre-programmed because we have to maintain the balance apparently i'm also thinking because it's march and luck with the brackets in providence (laughs) so are you saying that i should put providence in the final (laughs) (laughs) point absolutely always choose either that or the irish (laughs) notre dame's on there right they're like yeah seat or something oh oh, what's the one with the nuns at loyola yeah oh ohio state please (laughs) though always pick the catholic schools my sports ignorance is legendary Uh but i actually made some good money on a march madness bracket pool one year because there was this team called gonzaga oh and and all i thought was oh what an awesome name (laughs) i'm putting them down as winners Everybody you're was laughing person. at me. I guess it was before they became powerhouse or something. Yeah, you're that person. Everybody just <laughs> laughed at me. It's like, you picked them because they had a cool name? Ah, ah, ah. And then it was like, pay up, boys. Right. <laughs> It's like the people that choose the college just based on the color or the mascot. Uh-huh. It's just like, no, yeah. no, you shouldn't get a vote. I mean, that's why I stopped playing fantasy football is because I used to like read all the strategy magazines and all the yeah. articles and like think about what waiver wire players I always get. <laughs> then the best year I ever had was when I forgot about the draft and the auto draft did it for me. And that was the best year I ever had. I was like, <laughs> nope, I'm done. <laughs> My roommate in undergrad, he would not play the video game football in the arcade with me after several games. Again, because I know absolutely nothing about sports. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't playing football the way you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So I kept winning because, I don't uh, know, yeah, it would be like fourth and 10 or something. Uh-huh. I would, I don't know, run the ball, I guess. And you're supposed to pass. <laughs> yeah. And so he would yeah. always set up a defense for what you're supposed to do, but never mm-hmm. what I ended up doing because I didn't know what you're supposed to do. It sounds like your friend couldn't adapt to your lack, yeah. of, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> your lack of knowledge. Well, that's, again, where we get into resting space time. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> Last week during the Lost episode, I mentioned that I am a force for chaos. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why I have an affinity for trickster gods. <laughs> That's why the episode is now lost. Right. Exactly. <laughs> lucky, unlucky. <laughs> I am chaos's conduit into this reality. I've come to accept that. Just your dabbling. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually there for the birth of Murphy's Law. And I've been convinced it's been following me around ever since. There was a Lieutenant Murphy at Edwards when we were at Edwards Air Force Base. Hmm. Lieutenant Murphy is the one who came up with Murphy's Law while we were there. That cosmic... <laughs> It's like the Cubs winning the World Series. There are yeah. these disruptions in space time. And so now I carry that disruption with me. What do they call them in, uh, they call them blips? What do they call them in uh, Legends of Tomorrow? I don't actually know Legends of Tomorrow. It's great. Is it? it is. It's the one CW show that never took itself seriously uh-huh. and as a result became the best. And yeah. it just kept getting weirder and weirder. Yeah. It's not just like, <laughs> oh, hey, we don't care. It's more of, screw this, we're going to do something completely different <laughs> yeah. every single year. <laughs> And it works. Yeah. Those are, again, talking about Supernatural, those are the best episodes of Supernatural where they like really don't take themselves yes. seriously in the mm-hmm. narrative. And it, it's like, okay, this I appreciate, yeah. you know? <laughs> That's why Lower Decks works. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I think it is. Something about, something about it. Yeah. <laughs> so wrapping up our discussion, what I'm actually hearing us say is we don't actually believe luck really exists in some form or another. We might have a different <laughs> yeah. reason for why. Like, yeah. I would say I would probably lean more toward Providence. 
Well, and that's yeah. where I'm going to make a delineation. Yeah. yeah. If you invoke a deity, uh-huh. then it's not luck. It's intercession. Right. Hmm. Luck would be riding the wave of random chance in the right. cosmos. If it's providence, then it's by our definition, it's not luck. It's is some. Right. It's interference. They're violating the godly prime mm-hmm. directive. Mm-hmm. Two minute penalty. Okay. <laughs> I.e., we have the battle of Troy all over again. Yeah. Our oh, God has violated the godly prime directive. That's what the whole book's about. <laughs> Just to be clear about that, there is a godly prime directive. Our God. <laughs> Violates it left and right, just to be clear. So you're saying that our God is Kirk? Yes. I don't want to be here anymore. I think William Shatner would agree with you, Drew. Yeah, I know, right? He totally would. Oh, the very concept that James Tiberius Kirk is God. Yeah, that's why everything works out on the television show for him. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mainly just refuse to believe God's from Iowa. <laughs> That's what it basically boils down to. I far prefer the idea that God incarnates so he can play skee ball. Yes. <laughs> Dogmas are great. There's so many great gags. <laughs> George Carlin, the atheist, is a cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's why um, Kirk sleeps with all the different yeah. women. He's creating so many different universes. Thogma's yeah. <laughs> so great. So in summary. In summary, we don't believe luck exists for various reasons, but we don't believe luck exists. Okay. Luck is related to greed, yep. perception, and narrative. The mm-hmm. narrative. And it's all providence in the end anyway. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Woohoo! Boy, that was simple. We should all get PhDs for that. We should. Somebody award us an honorary PhD. We've got a professor friend somewhere out there. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, yeah, I do. We just interviewed a bunch of people from CERN. I was thinking of him the whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kid that grew up, what, not even half a mile from my house. Yeah, and about yeah. 200 feet from mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so game time. <laughs> So game related to luck in that we were supremely lucky that I think Ian McGregor was cast as Obi-Wan. I mean, that was, that was an inspired choice. That was, actually. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to pick to fill in Alec Guinness's role? We're the only other Brit who could. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, he did. He was perfect. I, yeah. I, I, but Drew then asked this question. If we were recasting episode one. If you were to pick one character from Duel of Fates, I mean, uh, Phantom Menace, <laughs> because that's my, that's my choice, recasting an idol right. as Duel of Fates. Yeah. What character? What character do you recast mm-hmm. from episode one? I want to recast Qui-Gon, first of all. Okay. Really? I, I love Liam Neeson. The reason I like his Qui-Gon is because sometimes when he was talking about the pseudoscience, he sounded like he didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> That's almost certainly true. No. But and it's like, you have to sound convincing. Yeah. Sound like you believe it. Right. There were some lines that Liam Neeson was delivering, and I swear, he just wasn't able to maintain character. You know, yeah. you could kind of hear in his voice of like, what crap did Lucas write here? Right. <laughs> you know, for yeah. me to say. Yeah, it, it does kind of work like orc technology in Warhammer. You know, like it requires you to believe in it. Yeah. <laughs> to make any sense. Yeah. His line after he analyzes Anakin's blood and he goes on, he has okay. his little diatribe on no, the Metachlorians. Yeah. No human on earth could have delivered the midi chlorian line <laughs> with a straight with face. a straight face yeah. yeah that was such a bad line wholesale yeah. redefined the entire like force universe yes. like that one line like redefined because i never understood the force to be a biological no, no. nobody did you know like, no thing. yeah it's like somehow lucas felt like oh, i've got to i have to justify this somehow Mm-hmm. No, it's a sci fantasy. You don't have to justify it. Right. Let the force just be. Well, and mystical things are out, you know, yeah. just let it be. Right. So who's your your replacement? 
Oh, the replacement. That's the tough part. Yeah. Maybe we could swap Hayden Christensen and Liam Neeson's roles. (laughs) (laughs) That would put a whole different spin on the the trilogy there, the prequel. Okay. Drew's actually pondering this. This is fascinating. I'm not sure what to do with that, but okay. We definitely need better actors in the Anakin role. (laughs) Yeah. And Liam Neeson is a far better actor than Lucas let him be. Elijah Wood is Anakin Skywalker. Oh, uh-huh. that's an he, interesting. I mean, he can be a Hobbit. He can be Anakin, a young right. Anakin. Yeah, he's the... obviously not going to grow tall enough to be Hayden Christensen's height. Uh-huh. But Elijah Wood or Daniel Radcliffe—they're uh-huh. very similar people. Morgan Freeman as Yoda. Ah, uh-huh. and recasting Qui Gon as Samuel L. Jackson and Duel of Fates is now a R-rated movie. <laughs> to minutes is an R rated. I'm very intrigued by Elijah Wood. I think that would work. Yeah, yeah I think that would work. And right. I'm not sure if it had just been seeing him in The Hobbit, but seeing him as Todd, Dirk Gently's best friend in, in mm-hmm. the Dirk Gently series, he can definitely play this torn. Mm-hmm. I could see Elijah more subtly able to play being corrupted to mm-hmm. the dark side and more believably. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Okay, now I'm bad. <laughs> what I hate sad <laughs> so I thought his turn was about as believable as it could be given the track in the prequel trilogy what you're blaming the writing again no I know right <laughs> always blame the writers always blame the writing <laughs> so like his turn is he turns evil to save something he loves yeah right yeah. so like that's actually a believable motive very you know? human motive. it's a very human motive like I'm doing this to acquire enough power to save this person mm-hmm. And in doing so, I lose them. Like, that's a actually pretty believable arc. That in itself is. When he goes and wipes out the sand people. Yeah. There's so little consequence for that. In no, reality. there is, right. And it, yeah. so, like, this is where he actually failed. He, Lucas just didn't have the chops to write a story about a sclerotic dying republic and what sclerotic dying institutions actually look like. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, like... That line in episode three where where Obi-Wan goes, only a Sith speaks in absolutes. <laughs> okay. What did you just do? Well, the, yes. <laughs> the line is meant to actually show you what, what Lucas is trying to do is he's actually trying to do that. He's trying to show you how the Jedi have become a calcified orthodoxy mm-hmm. all their own. Mm-hmm. Self-justifying. Self-justifying, yeah. all that. But because he's such a bad writer, <laughs> he can't make that lines on anything other than absurd. That's my theory. I think what Lucas is trying to do there is brilliant, if you hear it with the intention of what he says. Oh, yeah, he's making this really good commentary yeah. on what the Jedi have become. He just doesn't have the writing. That's a hard Shakespearean story to yeah. tell. And that gets to the gist of it. Lucas is brilliantly creative. Mm-hmm. Comes up with magnificent ideas. Right. But he's not the one to flesh them out and execute them. Right. Like you said, he's got the great ideas, but he needs either a really strong co writer mm-hmm. or very strong editor. Yeah. And without them, we get Judge Jar Banks. Yes. As a writer myself, mm-hmm. you know, that's the hardest part is self editing, going back through your work and saying, okay, no, I admit to myself, this doesn't work. Those 50 pages got to right. go. You got to kill your babies. To yeah. Write. yeah. Yeah. And so maybe that's where this game really ends up. It's not that we recast any of the cast. Right. We recast the writer. The writer, yeah. Although I would, don't do Ian McGregor as Obi-Wan, as good as he is. Replace him with, what's his name, who played uh, Bilbo? Oh, Martin Freeman. Yeah, Martin Freeman as Obi-Wan. 
I mean, that pair great with Elijah Wood. That yeah. would. Yeah. Right? Together again. Together again. Just be Lord of the Rings in space. Ooh. Yeah. I think it would work. Drew and I are both squinting. Mm-hmm. We're both mm. deep in ponder mode. Yeah. That would work. Yeah. Dan, are you pondering what I'm pondering? <laughs> Same thing we're pondering every day, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> how to take over the universe. <laughs> and on that note, folks, we got a plot how to take over the universe. So watch out. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> we got a plot to take over the universe. We got a time machine that's almost ready. Yeah. yeah. And we figured out the programming of the universe. So well, there we go. I think we're pretty good to go. So we're getting there. We also figured out the programming of the podcast, too, because it's on what platforms, Dan? Why, Drew, thank you for mentioning that. The I keep doing that radio guy. <laughs> you can do it. The podcast till the radio star. <laughs> it did. Technically. If you're looking at the statistics, yes, true, it is. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking at right. You're analyzing trends in consumer products. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to I have to look at the stats every day and it's mm. anyway, yeah. Right now, Apple Podcast is really growing for us. Okay. We're on Apple Podcast, we're on Audible. We're on Amazon Podcasts and, of course, on Podbean. And soon we'll be spreading to other platforms because we have our applications in everywhere. Hooray! And if you like this podcast, please leave a review for us. Yeah. Leave a positive review for us. If you don't like this podcast, just forget I said anything. (laughs) Yeah, actually, just put a thumbs down. Say, not my style as a negative review. Because even negative reviews Mm -hmm. help our ratings. (laughs) Do they really? Yes. (laughs) Okay. It's all about attention. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Okay. We'll accept any feedback. Not promising we'll pay attention to it at all, but we will accept any feedback. I'm the type of person, if you give me negative feedback, at first I'll be like, yes, yes, good point. Yeah. And then an hour later after I've pondered it, I'll be weeping in the corner. <laughs> I'm first Vulcan and then vulnerable. <laughs> the Vulcan vulnerable. Or the, the vulnerable Vulcan. Wouldn't have liked the whole day in seminary where they graded us on our prayers, our public prayers. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. That could be brutal. Yeah. yeah. My professor, somebody objected to it. My professor said, if you don't think your people are judging you every time you get up and pray in front of somebody, think again. Wow. <laughs> he was right about that. Oh, man. I just had a terrible, horrible thought. Uh-huh. We'll end on this terrible, horrible thought. In space, no one can hear you pray. Not true. God can always hear you pray. I know. That's a terrible, pray. horrible thought. I, I know. It's wrong. <laughs> And that's the solution to this. Even when you're dying in a vacuumless space, God can hear you pray. I'm just wrapping my head around that because you wouldn't be able to hear yourself pray. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you're thinking it. If, I mean, Bible says the Spirit prays for us, right? So, okay. so even when we don't have the words because we're in a vacuumless space. Well, in that case, I got to talk to that Spirit because <laughs> I'm not seeing the results I've been expecting. <laughs> He always has the right to say no. (laughs) He's exercising that right a little too much. Yes. I've had shouting matches in the sanctuary about that before. (laughs) Yeah, we need lots of prayer, lots of help over here. Yeah. 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 And your prayers are best expressed by likes and reviews. (laughs) Comments. Right. And just like a couple episodes ago, we will actually discuss any subject you want us to discuss. Mm -hmm. So bring up subjects to us, because we actually do want to hear about them. This is your show. We're only the host. We're the conduits for what you'd like to hear. No, it's our show. Don't be a parasite. (laughs) It's our show, but we're willing to share the top (laughs) lines. Hey, folks, this has been Church in Space. In In 3D! See you later. Hey, Dan. Yeah, true. Did you bring the haggis? Oh, hi, I brought the haggis. Mmm, yummy. 
a little Mornay's sauce on it. Not expecting Gimli. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got the height. Yeah. 